The topic of this podcast is every school is not for you. And I really want you to just kind of let that sink in and feel that. And when I say every school is not for you, I'm talking about educator, parent, child. Every school is not for you. Student, it's, it's not, every school is not for you. And so I'm going to give you a couple of examples of how I've realized over the years that every school is not for me and some examples of when I found a school that was for me. And keep in mind that every school is not going to be perfect. That's not what I'm saying. Every school is, is not a, a perfect school. It's, there's no way for that to happen. Uh, the saying goes, you can't please everybody and you're not going to be able to please everybody. But there are some schools that are just not built for you. All right. So I'm going to jump into an example because, you know, I love giving examples. All right. So I one time went to an interview and the first uh, part of the interview was like a school tour of the facilities. And I went on this tour and I was like, wow, this, these grounds look amazing. Like, you know, they had a top-notch facility, um, all types of things for the kids to do. Everything was just like well laid out, uh, different classrooms for uh, extracurricular activities, different things like that. I mean, it just really kind of drew you in. So even from a parent perspective, educator perspective, like, these were nice, very nice facility, very nice grounds. Um, and of course, it was like a, a private type school and they had the funding for that. And when I say they had the funding, you know, basically they had money to do all this type of stuff. And what really drew me in was like they were doing some social justice things. And I was like, OK, this sounds really cool. But the population was not that diverse, right? And so something to be weary about is like when you, the population isn't that diverse, but they're doing a lot of, you know, social justice stuff without um, listening to diverse voices, with not um, having uh, a lot of students of, of, of color on, uh, at their, their school and, being able to, um, you know, really zone in on their voices, not having a lot of uh, black educators and different things like that to be able to, you know, really draw in what they need, to, those p key pieces to do the social justice work that they're trying to do. And so, you know, I was like, okay, well, let me just see. So the next part of the interview was like the one-on-one -on -one interview. And when I sat down and I looked around at the table, I was like, okay. You know, I was the only, you know, person, the only black person in the room. And, you know, most of the time that, that does not intimidate me. I've been to many different places like that where I'm the only black person in the room. But they already had uh, interview cards in front of me. 
And I was like, okay, this is strange. I've never, never done that before where, you know, I don't like to sift through stuff. I like to have like genuine, authentic conversations with people. I don't like to, you know, have, if they already have cards, you know, it's, it's okay you, if you already have questions ahead of time that you want to ask. I mean, I feel like that's normal, but you giving me the cards um, to look through and I'm like, the first thing that came to my mind was like, it's like a TV interview or something, you know, like the, the person has those little cue cards and they're going through their cards to make sure they ask the question. Okay. So then they give the cards maybe to the, the celebrity person so that they can okay the questions or something, but the cards were just presented to me and they're like, oh, okay, you know, these are the questions we're going to ask you, you know? My personality, I didn't even look through the cards. I was like, okay, they asked me a question, they asked me a question. I don't want to like sift through these cards. But some of the questions that they asked me were like questions that they should not be asking me. And that's in my opinion, and I'll say this over and over again. You, you all know I'm real candid and I'm going to say what I, I, I want to say. Um, but one of the questions was like, you know, what have you done to help fight social justice and i was like what you know i feel, I feel like you know as a, a, a person of color a woman of color like you know i wake up in the morning and i'm not angry that you know there's odds against me the, the world sometimes seems like it's against me and doing what I'm supposed to be doing and walking in my purpose, but I still get up happy and I still get up ready and excited to to be with uh, children and educate them and to do therapy with them. And I'm still doing what God has called me to do, despite, you know, disparities, despite everything else. So when, you know, someone not of color asked me, you know, what have you, what have you done to help fight social? Like, are you crazy? So, okay. I had to reel that in, you know, so imagine a fishing pole. I'm reeling that in and I'm like, okay. I said, you know, I honestly feel like, you know, companies they're, they're doing, uh, you know, these social justice pieces, but at the same time, you know, we need to include more, um, people of color in the conversation, more black people in the conversation, so that these social justices pieces can really be uplifted and really do the work that they're, they're, they're called to do. I said, sometimes, you know, people are, are at a table like this and they're asking questions, but they're not even getting the uh, answer from the person that they need to ask the question to. They're over talking, you know, black people are, you know, the person of color in the in the, the room and not asking genuinely what's their opinion on the situation or what could they do to help social injustice when it comes to um, diverse groups and asking those diverse groups for uh, how they can help support, how people not of color can help support. I said, that's where I feel that it comes genuinely um, when you're talking about these social justice pieces, not necessarily asking someone of color, what can you do? No, how can you help support 
the person of color to get those social justice pieces. And also thinking about, you know, just this is your organization, maybe at reframing the question as to, you know, what this is the, these are the things that we're doing for social justice or whatever for for disparities and different things like that for uh, uh, equity and then asking you know what are some gaps that you maybe see from us that maybe you could come in and help um, support or, or add more information to to us so that we could do, do those pieces you know not just putting it on the person and that's how I felt like that con- that question was going, where it was just like, you know, what can you do? And it, um, excuse me, <laughs> like, <laughs> and this is what I knew early in the interview, like, you know, this school is not for me because I'm not gonna be that ter- token black person that you're like, oh yeah, I think Jennifer has the plan. Um, yeah, I, I, I think she's gonna do, you know, this, that, and the other X, Y, Z. No. No, no. I think early on in my career, I was like that. I was like, oh, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, yeah, you know, I have, I have this idea. Or especially like when it comes to these like diversity committees and, and stuff like that. Um, I feel like, you know, especially uh, black women will take on a lot for these committees. And, you know, we, we want to do it. But at the same time, it's a lot of emotional labor that comes there. That you have to go deep and explain different pieces. And then, especially when you're in committees where you're not getting paid, no, no. When you're doing this work and you're not getting any extra uh, monetary uh, support for the extra that you're doing, like it's okay to volunteer some, you know, but when a lot is put on you, I've been in a committee before where I was doing business proposals and it wasn't until later when they realized how serious I was and the amount of work I was doing that they told me, oh, you know, uh, we actually don't have the budget for this. It's like, what? After you gave me back the proposal and you said um, that you needed revisions now you don't have money for this when you ask me for revisions and I put in my time and effort and so that's that's something that I want you to keep in your head as this school might not be for you you know if you feel like you're putting in a lot you're already in an interview if you're putting in a lot of emotional labor it it may not be the school for you and that's not to say somebody else could have went in that interview and they could have been like, you know, oh, I could do this, 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 this. Okay, that means that you're not putting in that emotional labor. It's just, you know, it's neutral for you. And so that might be the school for you. But I already felt like from the interview that I was going to be putting in a lot of emotional labor that I wasn't going to get paid for, that it was going to become a big issue um, type of situation. And so that was not the school for me. It didn't matter the, the amount of money they were offering, you know, a really decent salary. The facilities were nice. Um, the kids seemed like they, you know, have really great discipline. It doesn't, that doesn't matter because when it comes to my mental health and things that I need 
um, from a place of employment, that wasn't going to work for me. Okay, so let's move on to uh, another example of how I found out a school was not going to work for me. Um, I worked before at a school that was uh, predominantly black uh, school. And I found it very empowering to be around a lot of my peers that were like super smart um, and just amazing educators um, and women of color. And I built up an amazing friendship with them um, and just a last long relationship with majority of them that I will probably never see again in this lifetime. Um, I hope to one day, but you know, that that was just a dynamic environment. However, when it came to discipline, there was a lot of things that I didn't agree with that were happening at that school. And I went against the grain. And it's almost like, you ever see the video of the, the cat or like a cartoon cat and they were like brushing it the wrong way? Like, that was me at that school. Like, I was brushing that cat the wrong way, where the principal was like, what is Jennifer doing? Why is she asking all these questions? Why is she not doing what I asked her to do? Like, I, you know, I was going against the grain the whole time, brushing that cat the wrong way, and that cat was like, meow, meow, meow. (laughs) And so that was my principal, like, the majority of the time I was there, right? Because, you know, he wanted to be really hard on these kids, like to the point of like physically disciplining them where, you know, they had to hold heavy books and um, stuff like that to discipline them. Because this was a a, a private school and, you know, they they just kind of felt like, you know, this is how we want to discipline the children there. And I was like, well, you know. I don't think that's right. Like, I don't think you're supposed to be having these kids, you know, holding heavy books as discipline. Like, this this is not right. This is, uh, it's abuse to me. So, yeah, I'm going to cut you off right there. Yeah, kid, put those books down. Like, no, that's not going to work. How about we try, you know, a color system? How about we try this? You know, let's let's do uh, first then like I had all these. I like let's do this, 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 this. But what we're not gonna do is, you know, do some manual labor type stuff on these children just to discipline them. I don't think so. It's not gonna work for me. Let's try something else. And there were so many different things that I just felt like it just my emotions and my mental health were deteriorating because I was just, it just seems like I was always going against what they were saying. And I didn't want to be that way, but I just didn't feel like it was right. It would be things where um, last minute events would happen like fundraisers and different things. And it would just be like a lot of labor intensive things last minute. And it it became more than just like, oh, being a part of a team and doing these things for 
for the better cause of the kids. It became like, oh, well, we're paying you X amount of money. So when we tell you to do something, you should do it. And it's like, wait a minute. I work here, but I don't belong to you. I'm not your child. Like, you know, and it, it became like a, I felt like a really childlike situation where, you know, I, I tell you to do something, you should do it because I, I this is what I pay you for. And it seemed like every week there was an issue. Like big projects, doing big projects last minute, adding um, different things to it, even graduation for the kids like okay we plan like what we're gonna do for the graduation for the kids and then they'll come to me and say oh Jennifer we want you to do a a speech you know the parents are gonna be there and and I'm not even though I have this podcast and I feel like I do speak up and stuff I'm not really an last minute you know impromptu person that could just come up with these grand speeches like I need time to process I need time to think and different things like but they would want me to just think just because I'm smart doesn't mean like I can just you know I just pull stuff out of the air but that's kind of the the process that they they thought that you know I was supposed to go through but that's not me and that's again something that when it comes to administrative knowing your staff Jennifer's probably not the one that you want to, you know, ask for a last minute speech in front of um, board members, in front of uh, parents. And that's not not to say that you can't ask me, but I I need time to process and think and maybe write down and practice what I'm going to say. Not, oh, tomorrow's the big the big day. Yeah, I I need you to do a speech. (laughs) Uh, no. And so that's, that's the type of thing where it seemed like I just always was going against that cat, like <laughs> all the time, all the time. And that's when I realized, you know, I'm probably not going to be able to do another year here. Um, it just wasn't working for, for me. Um, and I feel like so many educators, they go through that where, you know, you... You think something's wrong with you. No, it's, it, unless you're doing something, you know, that's disrespectful to your students, your parents, your administrator. Like, there's, it's, not, it's not anything wrong with you. It's, this school is not for you. And you need to go on about your day and go somewhere else. It's not when you feel like you are rubbing the cat the wrong way and every day and it's just not you feel like you are like the alien coming to earth or something you feel like everybody just you know it's just not a good environment for you and you're going against the values of what they believe and what you believe in you know then it's it's probably not the school for you. And so even for students, I would say students that continue to have um, behavioral issues and the school's putting all this um, discipline on them and nothing is working over the course of a school year. 
absolutely nothing is working over the course of school year and you continue to see the same behaviors. And this is for parents too, you continue to see the same behaviors. That school might not be working for you because over the course of a school year, you should see some progress, right? And if your child is there and the school said, especially if they're doing isolation and they're pulling the child out, a lot of times the discipline that I wanted to do for my classroom was not the discipline that the school wanted. The school kind of believed that, you know, if you're having disciplinary problems, like you send that child to the principal, the principal is going to deal with it. And so that kind of hurt the relationships that I was trying to have with my students. Because when I was trying to talk to them, it would just be like, oh, come with me. And they would take the child in my classroom and then I would be like, uh, okay, when are they coming back? Oh, send them some work and they can do the work in the office. And that, that would be it. And so then when I say something, well, you know, I don't really have, I have work for them to do in class. Can, can I have a moment to speak with them and they can do their work in class? No, just send the, send the work to me. Just send a, a big stack of work. They're going to do work with me. So then they, they can stay on task. And, whew, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness, you know. That goes against a lot of the things, the foundation of social-emotional education that we're taught. And so, you know, at the end of the day, it was not for me. It was for me to leave. And, And I, you know, I hope that parents understand that as well. It's that school is not for you if your child's continue to be isolated and behaviors don't change because they're not following um, proper protocol for for social-emotional learning, Um, you know, that school is not for you. There's another school out there. And that is just like relationships. It's just like relationships, right? You know the relationship is not good for you. It's a toxic environment. You know, you feeling isolated and alone on a desert island with no water, nothing. You feel like you could barely come up for water. Then that relationship is not for you. The relationship with that school is not for you. If they continue to call you almost every single day to talk about your child or whatever, and it seems like they're just, you know, saying, complaining about your child, they should call you with solutions. Hey, we we came up with this really great idea, this intervention, and we're so excited about it. We're so, you know, if they don't call you like that and they call you, can you please come pick up James? You know, we had to put him out of class today and he sat with me for two hours and he still went back to class and did the same thing and he came back and sat with me for another two hours and you know I have to have if they're calling you like that then that school is not for you it's not for your child it's not for your mental health it's go on about your day and find somewhere else to go that's what I would say okay so Let's get on into happier times. So how I found out that there was a great school for me was this was at the beginning of my teaching career. And um, I actually ended up getting a, a fellowship for this school. And they actually taught me 
how to be a, a great teacher, um, you know, through different gateways and that I had to pass, you know, doing backwards lesson plan, teaching me, you know, about how just, you know, a variety of, of teaching um, components, social emotional learning, conscious discipline, different things like that, and um, really being a mentor for me. And that was so, so phenomenal for me. Now, did that school have some issues? Yes. Like I said, there is no perfect school. Just like there is no perfect relationship. If you're in a relationship with somebody, you know, give and take, give and take. So it wasn't a perfect school. In fact, I remember one time being very uncomfortable with like this PD moment that they were having, having with um, sharing about your educational experience. And it just seemed like something traumatic, you know, like we were supposed to share and it, I I just didn't enjoy that personally. Um, And, you know, like I said, no school is perfect, but this school really did their best and they really did their best to uh, listen to parents and the parent board was amazing. I was a part of parent board when I had my little boy. He was at that school. And being a part of that parent board and getting a chance to talk to parents on a regular basis and being in front, face-to-face, with the principal and the founder of the school, you can imagine how powerful that was. How powerful that was to regularly meet with the principal and founder of the school. Very powerful, very, very powerful. And to have them hear your voice and to also be a member on the team as a a teacher as well, it was just a phenomenal, phenomenal time. And that school put so much into me. They poured so much into me that that was just a, a phenomenal school. And, you know, I'll never forget as much as they gave me and that they listened to my voice. There was never a time where, you know, when it came to discipline, they were there to support me with these students, not to take over. And so that's why I felt with, you know, the previous school I talked about that they were taking over discipline in my class. And it's just like, oh, you're not doing good enough. And, And so this school was more supportive of the discipline that I was installing in my students and just really, you know, just a, a, a great school. And so when I say that, I want, I just want people to think like, you know, is this school for me? Is, is this school for me? So break that down. Is this school for me? Are they supporting me? Are they listening to me? Are they supporting the students? Are they listening to the students? I mean, you know, God forbid I was a terrible teacher and I was just, you know, making up lies on a student. You know, the, this the administration, you know, would, would come in at the school that I was talking about previously and just take the student away and isolate them and wouldn't ask them anything, to my knowledge, of, you know, what could Miss Lawrence do better or anything like that? You know what I mean? And those are the type of things you have to question for yourself. 
if you have to physically take a child out, you should question why is their behavior so, you know, increase so much. These maladaptive behaviors increase so much that you feel the need to take this child out and you don't even think to question the teacher. You know, and I would go get my students sometimes. Like, hey, come on back. Come on back. You know, you're all right. Let's go back in the class. Let's have a talk about this. Let's see what, you know, what we could do. Let's talk to peers. Let's mend relationships, that type of thing. But you have some student or some teachers that would not come and get their kid. Their kid could be gone all day. They wouldn't see them to dismissal. And they'll be perfectly okay with that. You know what I mean? So as a parent, as an educator, you have to really question that about admin. Is this the place for you where they're not putting the child at the, the front of their mind? Thinking, what is this child thinking? How does this child feel about their relationship with their teacher? You know, how could we mend this relationship? How could we be more supportive to both parties? So uh, just, you know, think about that. Every every school is, is not going to be for you. And there's going to be some times where you need to persevere. And there's going to be some times where you need to find stage left and exit, right? And find a, a good exit plan and exit strategy um, to do the best to support your students for the, for the school year, but also maintain your sanity, your health, maintain the uh, sanity of your, your students and uh, your, your child. And think about that too. If you're a parent and you're listening to, to this, think about how your child may feel, you know, with these situations and really listen to them. Sometimes parents don't even know that their child was put out of class and you are already on this child, you know, ready to, to maybe physically uh, discipline them. And you don't even know, like, the situation that's going on at school that's putting them in that predicament that probably could have been prevented if they had better administrative administrative, um, personnel at the school that had a better plan in place to be more supportive, not only to the teacher, but also to your child. So let's think about that, too. So every school is not for you. There's so many reasons why a school may not be for you. And I think, you know, I would love to come in on another um, episode and really zone into um, the different dynamics of why a school may not be for you. Because I really want, want people to think about that. You don't have to go to that school. You don't. You don't have to go to that school. Some people think, oh, because I'm zoned for this school, I have to go to this school. No. If you find out that school is not doing right by you, they're not doing right by your child, you don't have to go to that school. You don't. There's procedures in place where you could go, especially if it's a civil rights issue or uh, uh, bias or anything like that. There, there's procedures in place. You don't have to go to that school. I have moved my child from school before because I felt like, you know, they weren't being culturally responsive 
and educating him in a way that me and my family um, really felt like it was uh, an issue. You know, there was things that the teacher was teaching my child that didn't align with with us. And so, you know, I really want to go into another episode um, about that. So please tune in. I hope to see you there. And just remember, you know, you are amazing. You can do so many things. Do not let a school atmosphere destroy who you are. Don't let a school atmosphere destroy the things that you know are right. Sometimes we know things are right. We know that this is harmful to a child or to a student. And that, that's what I was saying about that, but the rubbing the cat the wrong way. Like I knew these things were harmful. And so when I would speak up about it, it was just like, what is she doing? Why is she always talking? You know, I was the annoying one, but I knew what I was saying was right. So I kept saying, it. and I'll keep saying it because <laughs> at the end of the day, I got to go home. I got to live with myself and I got to look at my family and I want to know that I'm doing right by these students and so I'll, I'll keep being the voice that's okay with me I'll go against the grain <laughs> again my name is Jennifer and you're listening to teaching preschool and stilettos thanks for listening <laughs>